Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jones, Bowden, he's got it, England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. Stokes flashes it away, through the covers for four, and England have won the match. Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. I hope you've been enjoying our look back at 100 years of the Cricketer magazine in our two-part series, which uh, really does prove the depth and uh, intrigue that the Cricketer magazine has revealed over the last 100 years and also the incredible events that the cricket has thrown up as well. You can still get those two podcasts on ACAST or also on the Cricketer website. Also, we've had some lively debate in the world's best cricket club as well, our virtual cricket club with Rob Key in the cricket club last week and talking about this India tour. And, well, India tour has left its best till last, hasn't it, really? Because this game in Pune, the final of the ODI series, was for a long time, it looked a fairly straightforward victory for India. Then England sort of came back with a bang towards the end and finally... The Indians won uh, just uh, with that sort of nerve-holding last over by Natarajan. It's it's an interesting one. I suppose in the end, the Indians have finished up with all the spoils from this two-month odyssey that England have have done around the Indian subcontinent. In fact, they haven't. You call it a not one calls it an odyssey, but they've only been to basically three venues actually. So it hasn't been a, a, the, the traditional tour of India, but still full of fascinating cricket. And although India have won all the giant trophies in each of the three tournaments. Simon, there's been some fantastic cricket capped off by this game. Yeah, I mean, in a way, it's been quite a one-sided tour, really. I mean, England, when they've won, have dominated the games. And India, when they've won, have dominated their victory matches as well. This one, I thought, was just a really interesting game of cricket because it it didn't play out to that normal sort of one-day formula, which is batsmen going in and whacking it, and then the other side coming in and whacking it and either knocking them off or falling well short, e.g. the first match, e.g. the second match. It actually made batsmen think, and England had to think at the end, and India had to think at the end, and it was also similar at the end of India's innings as well. They couldn't just go out there and whack it for the last 10 overs because they'd lost wickets, and so they they had to manage the last 
10 overs and their innings. So for that reason, I thought, well, A, it was, the, one of the, it was the closest match of the tour and it was also the most interesting match of the tour. You were, you were panning it earlier, I noticed on social media, saying, oh, this is really boring, you know, a bowler's just getting clubbed around everywhere. But I thought there was a, re, you know, a real fascination in the game. You know, you thought, what, 3.29 played, what was it in the end, 3.22 for nine. You know, re, really sort of compelling cricket. I mean, almost almost from nowhere and and superb from Sam Curran. I wonder if that's going to be a sort of breakthrough innings for Sam Curran in his international career. Well, if he can get in the team, that's the problem. Uh, does he get in the England one-day side uh, when everybody's available? You've got Archer, you've got Chris Wokes, who'll probably come back in the summer as well to play in the one-day side. And by the way, Chris Wokes is our guest in the Virtual Cricket Club this Thursday, Cummings. An early start, actually, because he's in India, back in India, to play in the IPL. And so we're starting at 5.30pm this Thursday with Chris Wokes very kindly giving up his time for an hour or so to, to chat to us in the Virtual Cricket Club. You can join us by going to www.worldsbestcricketclub.com. £6 a month to join that club. And we guarantee a live stream every week. So following Chris Works, we've got David Gower. We've also got Ebony Rainford-Brent lined up as well as the next three guests. So uh, some really interesting characters to, to hear from. So please join us and help support the Professional Cricketers Trust. It's it, Wokes, as I say, will we'll come back into the side. So even though Sam Curran has proved his absolute brilliant ability with the bat, he hasn't done that much with the ball, actually, in this series. And I think what I found interesting in this game was actually the way the pitch seemed to help the bowlers more. Certainly at the, at the early stages when the batsmen were just pumping it into the stands, that's when I found it a bit boring and I posted on social media that yeah, there's no balance between bat and ball, therefore it's just predictable. But gradually, as darkness fell and perhaps the dew descended, there seemed to be a bit more in the pitch, which the bowlers used cleverly. Scoreboard pressure also had an effect. The ball just did enough to make it interesting, and that's the key. And several pundits have been saying we need one new ball per innings in these white ball 50-over matches because you get different phases. The ball is swings a tiny bit at the start, maybe seems a little bit, then it goes really flat, and then you get reverse swing and a bit of grip with the, for the spinners later in the innings. Whereas if you use two white balls, it just becomes a, a, basically a sort of six fest. I know it wasn't today, but generally it is. And I think it proved, actually, when the ball does a little bit, it makes the matches interesting. I thought one of the fascinating aspects of today's game was that India changed their game plan. Now, whether they were forced to do it by England's victory in the last match, I'm not quite sure, but they were far more positive in the in the opening overs, in the power play. And, of course, they lost wickets, which meant that you know they had to sort of rethink their strategy. But Pandya and Pant, 99, 11.4 overs. I think it was at that point you were saying this is getting ridiculous. You know, bowlers just being pumped around everywhere. But even that took some nerve because they were about 150 for four. And if they'd lost one or two more wickets, then they would then they would have felt fell really short of the target they needed to to win the match. So I just I just thought it was throughout the match really. It, it was really fascinating. Of course, when England batted and chased, they lost early wickets as well. So they had to sort of change their game plan as well. You know, this idea, oh, you just keep on going, keep on going. In fact, what they did do in the end was just take, take it really deep. And they, they were, you know, I, I wonder whether towards the end they should have taken a few more singles, whether Sam Curran should have trusted Mark Wood. And even in that last over, 
when Curran drilled one out to wide long on. Could they have got back for two? Uh, Reese Topley was at the non-strikers and could Topley have got back for two in the time? You know, I, I don't know. I'd have to look at it again. But it, it did go wide of the, the long on field. It was almost as Sam Curran was saying, right, I've either got to hit this for four or six or nothing. But a two was an option as well. And you, I mean, you can understand why they didn't take it. You know, if there had been a run out, you think, well, what have we done? But, you know, it's, the, it's those little decisions, I think, that batsmen were forced to take today that they weren't forced to take in the other matches when they were, but you know, they were just uh, six fests really. I mean, the ground at Pune is a bit like that, isn't it? The boundaries are not that short and uh, sorry, the boundaries are not that big and it's, it's a very good pitch. The other thing I noticed today, Mm. Yoz as well, I mean, I haven't looked back at the record books and studied them all, but we had a situation today in India in a one day match where England played two spinners and India played mm-hmm. one. I mean, what was going on? The game is the game is changing. Yeah, and and well, it's I suppose it depends in a way who your best bowlers are, and if your best bowlers yeah. are a spinner, as in England's case, it has been for some time in one day cricket. Rashid is so consistent, and actually, so is Moen Ali. In fact, so they they can bank on those two. It's more the seamers, certainly the second string seamers. They're not quite so sure about. And the other thing, just alluding to your uh, how the bat, batting sides have had to change their, their strategies a bit. Of course, one of England's great strengths when they got to, to number one in the world and won the World Cup was that depth of batting. So they had Liam Plunkett, they had Adil Rashid. They really didn't have... Mark Wood would come in last and uh, even he can bat. So they had a, a bit more depth with the, the likes of... I think Plunkett was a very important man in that mm. side because he could hit big sixes. And, you know, when you get a number nine who can hit the ball, remember that game at Trent Bridge when he, he pulled off a tie by hitting yeah. the last ball for six. It does, it's, a, it's a reassurance to a batting team if you've got the characters like that. You can come in at number nine. So you can't ever write off a, a, a team because you've got somebody like that. Rashid, in, I remember in England's first match, after their reinvention in 2015, Rashid got about 60 odd when England yeah. got past 400. So that, that that those lower order players are really important because they affect how the the top order can approach it. They can if they have that depth where everybody bats, you can really go for it with total abandon, knowing you've got some safety valves down the order. But England today with a slightly longer tail, with the Wood at 10 and, and Reese Topley at 11, there's just a little bit less security as a result. And that it's might a Tom just Curran play problem, isn't it? It's yeah. a Tom Curran problem, really. The fact they, they, can't, they can't trust Tom Curran with the ball at the moment. He's had a, r- a really rough time. But of course, he does add something with the batter you know, in, in that tail, as you say. Oh, overall... Uh, England did tremendously well to compete in that in that last game in the end, actually, having lost all those wickets. Overall, what have they learnt? That, that will be one of my questions. And ha- have they learnt that there is any backup bowling, mm. for instance? Uh, have they learnt who, who those backup bowlers might be? Uh, Reese Topley did OK, I thought. Um, they haven't tried Matt Parkinson, which I think is a shame. And they, they could have sort of learnt something about him, maybe, in one of these games. So you know if you've got Archer and if you've got Wokes and you've got Wood, you've got a three-pronged seam attack, which can be uh, augmented by the likes of Sam Curran and so on, maybe Chris Jordan even. But one of those three key bowlers, Archer, Wokes or Wood, is injured. Who's the next in line? 
Now, I don't think they're quite sure about that yet. Well, one of the problems I, I think all, all teams have got is if you're not sort of right at the top of your game or you're not a top quality bowler, you know, the likes of Archer, for example, then there's going to be some severe punishment out there for you unless you play on the sort of pitches that they played on, say, in the World Cup final, you know, which is very different from the ones that England have been playing on. You know, if the pitches are good like they were in Pune, like they have been in England um, quite quite a lot in, in recent years, if you're, if you're not right on it, you are going to disappear. I think that's the challenge, isn't it? That's the challenge for bowlers these days. It's absolutely merciless. The, the the batting is merciless, as we as we saw from England in that second one day international. I mean, we're just knocking off that target, no trouble at all. You know, six wickets, six overs to spare. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable hitting it at one point. That that stand between Stokes and Bairstow of, of 175. You you ask the question, you know, what have we learned? I mean, in a strange way, this this sort of three match ODI series right at the end, it's it's, it's a, bit, a bit of an anomaly, really, isn't it? You play the the Test series, the World Championship, World Test Championship. Uh, Final place was at stake for for both sides, so you know every every there's a lot of focus on that, and then the T20 series. Of course, everyone knows that the World Cup T20 is going to be played in India in the autumn, so there's a lot of focus on that. And then you think, well, the the one dayers, what what do they mean? You know, and England didn't have Root, and they didn't have Archer, and they didn't have Wokes, and India didn't have Bumrah, or didn't have Bumrah for quite a lot of the of the tour, but. You know what is it worth? Well, there are World Cup qualifying points at stake, but you'd expect. Well, India have already qualified because they're the hosts, and England uh, have to finish. Basically, you finish in the top eight, and you, and you qualify. It's, it's it's seven plus one. India will, will finish in the top eight, obviously. So that you know, there's that. But there's there's not much more, is there? Really, the, the next World Cup is two and a half years away. But in a strange way, in, I actually found the the one day series perhaps more interesting than, than anything else. I mean, the, the, the Test Series was was very one-sided, three, one, one-sided first game and then three one-sided games in favour of England in the, in the in three one-sided games in favour of India in the last three Test matches. And then the T20s tended to be really dominated by one side or the other, you know, 3-2 to India. But I thought this series was actually more compelling. I thought England should have done much better in the first game. And what, what do you think about this idea that England say, no, this is the way we play? Um, in one day cricket I don't know did you not think sometimes you've got to adapt you've got to be a bit cannier well they and I think they have been a bit better over the last year or two sort of from about 2018 onwards from that defeat in Cardiff against Pakistan uh, you know where they really didn't adapt to the pitch I think they have been better and generally the, the, the 50 over format is a proper game of cricket isn't it whereas a 20 over mm. game can be just won or lost in an over, like like we saw in the final in 2016, where Carlos Brathwaite hit those four sixes, and West Indies were not winning that game until he happened to locate the middle of the bat four times, and then they won. So I think T20 can be just swung by one dramatic spell, two overs of either hitting or bowling or fielding, uh, but that the 50-over game has the chance to ebb and flow a little bit more, and the ball gradually does get a little bit older, and the pitch you know, starts to take a bit of spin. And I don't know. I, I tell you what I do think, though. I think this trouble is you've got that period between uh, 10 and 40 overs where you've only got four boundary fielders. That's the bit, I think, which I find rather boring because good players on a good pitch can always find, find a boundary option with only four boundary fielders allowed. At least when you've got five boundary fielders, which you have in the whole of a T20 after the power play and in the last 10 overs of a 50-over game, 
the bowler's got a bit more chance of, of defending uh, the, 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 the ropes. As far as England are concerned, looking ahead, yes, I mean, they've got to just keep keep going with their 50 overside because one of the things that England learnt prior to the World Cup, sort of when Andrew Strauss took over as director of cricket, really, after the 2015 World Cup, is you've got to be one of the top three sides in the world to win the World Cup consistently over a two-, three-year period. So that's got to be their objective, to stay either number one or number two, to keep a fairly steady side, maybe just adding in one or two ingredients here and there. And the 20-over team is obviously of, of higher importance over the next few months uh, when they get the chance to play because they've got to work out what number does bat, Butler bat well I think he's probably answered that by his 83 not out in, in one of those T20 games to win the match he has probably got to open in which case does Bairstow fit into that well I guess he does uh, Where does Root, do you consider Root still maybe not but you certainly would for the 50 over cricket because I think they really missed him in this series to sort of steady the ship and then what about Milan uh, and and also, what number does Stokes bat in T20? Because I think one thing we learnt from these last three ODIs mm. was Stokes does need a bit of time to get going. And when he does, when he gets those twenty balls out of his way, out of the way early on, and gets his eye in, he can be absolutely deadly. And you know, ten sixes in that ninety nine, amazing how he went from fifty to ninety nine in you know about twelve balls or something ridiculous. So Stokes, uh, if he's going to play T20, he, he can't bat at six because I don't think he's any good at just hitting the, the sixes from the off. So in a way, there's a dilemma there. Do they put Stokes at number three and give him a bit more time to get in in a T20 game? Or do they perhaps not play him? And that, that, I know that must be sacrilege to say it, but you do need, in T20, specialists who take no time to get going. Hmm. Yeah, well, I think you're right. I mean, there was that time with the England Test team a while back where they had about three number sixes, didn't they? And, you know, they had to sort of try and fit them all in the side. At the moment, it feels they've almost got too many top-order players. They don't quite know what to do with it. My one question, I think, with someone like David Milan is, do you want David Milan knocking singles around in the power play? Or do you have to do you challenge him to say, come on, David, can you do more than that? Can you go out there and play really positively in the, in the power play? Because he, he does have this game where basically he, he looks to score 12 off his first 12 balls or something like that, doesn't he? And then he looks to get going. Because if you get out then, then he, 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 it sort of doesn't look quite right. And, it, you know, if he yeah, do lose I, an early wicket, should, should someone come in and mm. continue to try to strike the ball in the power play? I think that's a, that's a really good question. Uh, basically, it's the Chris Gale approach, isn't it? He likes to soak up balls early on, but he can make up time with massive sixes. I don't think Milan is quite that player. He's very good, and he uses the pace of the ball brilliantly. He's probably quite slightly less effective against spin. He likes the ball coming onto the bat where he can sort of glide it through the offside or hit it through, through the covers. Really good shots. He's not someone, I think, who can really catch up significantly with big six hitting whereas the likes of Butler or even Stokes can mm. so it's about power in the end and you know you all look back at the, the these matches and most matches certainly T20 are won by the team that hits the most sixes and it sounds a bit simplistic to say it but it's a fact 
Yeah. The, the other thing as well, which which has been mentioned, is whether Root should have a place in this England T20 side. OK, we had a 50-over match today, but just look, looking back at the T20s, whether Root has a place in, in England's T20 side, specifically in India, because he is very good at manoeuvring the ball around. He's good at, you know, if the ball spins, uh, we, and you don't quite know where England are going to play, and some venues spin and others don't. Uh, so there's the Root factor. But one issue with Root, and this this is a consideration, is that the, the world... Cup T20, the T20 World Cup is just before the Ashes, and it looks as if the Ashes have been delayed a fraction. The start of the Ashes have been delayed a fraction to allow England to prepare uh, for the Ashes. But what you could have is a situation, especially with, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen with quarantine regulations going into Australia. You could have a situation where if Root were to play in the World T20 in India, he would not have long before the first test of the Ashes series and he's your captain he's your main focus so I don't I don't know whether that's an issue or not whether that's one of the reasons why he doesn't fit into England's T20 side or perhaps the reason he doesn't fit into England's T20 side is because they simply don't see him as a as a strong enough T20 player at the moment despite his all-round qualities what do you, what do you think about that well it's a really good uh, point uh, logistics determining who yeah. you pick yeah uh, I, I think I actually think that Root would be brilliant for England's T20 side instead of Jason Roy, if it's in India, I think Roy is, you know, very very uh, destructive in the 50-over game if it's a flat pitch, and not playing playing spin or in swing, but he looks vulnerable to me, and he he's he has got runs uh, in these games, but they haven't been that convincing, and they've been a, a few miscues and. He's had plenty of opportunity, but he hasn't really delivered a, a, a massive score. And I, I think he's the one guy for me that is a bit vulnerable in these conditions. I, I've got no doubt that he's brilliant in Australia or England or somewhere like that in one-day cricket. In India, he looks to me like he tries to bludgeon the ball too much. And he's very rigid batsman, whereas Bearstow also is a bludgeoner, but has a bit more flexibility, I think. And so I would look at Root instead of Roy, possibly. God knows what you do about the logistical argument. Um, yeah. Well, you know, hopefully things will have eased up by then, I suppose, is your only uh, optimistic thought. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, hopefully they have. But I don't think you can sort of plan an Ashes campaign necessarily on hope. Uh, so, I mean, mm. I wonder whether that is an issue for England, that there would only be a short quarantine period. And, of course, it is going to be an issue for a couple of England's uh, key players going into the Ashes. Butler, Stokes, um, yeah. well, Archer. And, and, Ar- and Archer, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it may, it may be that Archer doesn't play in the first Test match. Uh, mm. you know, Wood, Wood's another one as well. So, that, you know, there are there are mm. considerations around that. And I suppose it, uh, you'd have to look at the Australian one-day side, uh, T20 side as well, whether, you know, there are issues there. But, I mean, it, it, is, a, it is a potential uh, factor for the autumn. Let's look at more immediate uh, concerns. What we have t- talked about so far is England, uh, Yoz. What we haven't talked about is, is India, really. Um, and they have won three series against England. I think at the start, if you'd said, you know, who were favourites to win the Test Series, the T20 and the One Day Series, I think you'd say India were. And the, I think the, the the White Ball Series were far more competitive than the, the Test Series. England you know, gave really gave India a, a game in the, in the White Ball. Um, but this India side, or this India side, this India squad—it's not a side, is it? They've got this this pool of players. Looks looks really strong. They look to have strength in depth. I think that's an understatement. 
I think it's the strongest group of players, a squad of players, I think there's ever been in international cricket, actually. If you think about Australia's dominance in the 1990s or West Indies' dominance in the 1980s, you know, they had a core of, in the case of the West Indies, they did have a lot of quick bowlers, but they really only had about four or five batsmen who were outstanding and they didn't have any spinners or anything. The Aussies, similar. You know, they had a very good sort of core of seven or eight greats plus four or five very good cricketers and you know, a couple in the wings, but they didn't have 25 players that you could pick pretty much at random. I mean, th there are so many fast bowlers, spinners that they can call on, obviously batsmen. If you think back to... Uh, the say the the early test victories in Australia, Shubman Gill, you know, had a huge influence. Rahani, people like that. And there's Mayan Gagawal who played in, in that series as well. There's Shreyas Iyer who who was injured, who didn't come into the, to this series because of his injury. You know, they've got a string of batsmen who they could call on. Kale Rahul didn't play in that test series, you know, and suddenly has come back in, made a hundred in the one days. So, you know, built round Virat Kohli's skill with the bat, they've got any number of, of batsmen with the X factor of Rishabh Pant, quite extraordinary player. And it's, it's amazing to think now, isn't it, that they picked Ridiman Saha for the first test of that Australia series back in, what was it, late November, early December. I mean, just amazing that they would have even considered not picking Rishabh Pant now. What a dynamic mm. player he, he has become. So, and all the seamers that, that haven't been part, like you mentioned Bumrah, there's Mohammed Shami, there's Ishant Sharma, there's Yadav, you know, they've got so many fast bowlers as well. So I, I think they're, they're an incredible, uh, they have an incredible depth of talent, which is only going to get better with more and more IPLs. The IPL is going to expand into 10 teams next year. So even more opportunity for, for these young Indians. Yeah, and this is something that, that Rob Key was talking about when he joined us in the Virtual Cricket Club on Thursday. Rob, of course, has been commentating uh, throughout the winter for Sky Television, so he's you know he's seen this India side up, up close. Yeah, I mean, it's frightening, isn't it, really, how, how much they have. And it's, it's so good to watch. I would love to see these next two games, see, I'd love to see Matt Parkinson play. Not because I, you know, I really want to see a leg spinner or someone come in. I'd like to see if he's any good, because we've all seen him in the blast, and he looks fine. You know, he looks good, but that is another level. Uh, so I would like to see. I'd like to see England do what India did in the T Twenty series and experiment, and see. You know, we need to find. You know, we got plenty of options with the bat. No question. It's just about where do you fit the pieces? You know, where does David Milan, where does Ben Stokes, all these things, you know, but is Tom Banton going to come in? Is, you know, whoever, there's loads of options. I can't think of many with the ball. You know, if, if Matt, if, if Wood and uh, Joffre Archer go, who's going to replace one of them? If Adil Rashid goes, who's going to replace him? And that is, you know, in this summer we've got coming up, they're, they're the things that I'd like to try and find out uh, see is Reese Topley going to be the one you know I, that's what I'd like to see from tomorrow and the next couple of games yeah I mean, you look at the next three world tournaments two of them are in India I mean is the rest of the world fighting a losing battle against India because they are so strong especially in their own conditions 
2020 is an interesting game, is it? Because you can have one person can ruin your day, like that, like Carlos Brathwaite. Mm. You know, England have won that game, and then he did that. But we just, I don't think that, I think in 2020 is a chance, 50 overs, slightly less in test cricket, man, because that to me, the game is about test cricket. India can dominate that because in their own country, you know, no one's got a spinner to come close to theirs. I mean, they're not that good, their spinners, but no one else has one close. And the longer the, the longer the game, as you know, as everyone knows, the more it's just how skillful are you? There's no luck involved. It's just skill versus skill. And I think there'll be a handful this year in England. Yeah. With Bumrah and these bowlers they got. I mean, how many times have you seen bowlers, seen bowlers like they have now? I haven't for in my time. Cool. Core. That, that, that's very much a Kent word, core. I remember Alan Knott always saying that, actually, when you talked about a player and it was core. Oh, he's a fine batsman, fine batsman. Um, it, it seems to be very much uh, the way they describe things. When when a Kent player says core, it means very good. And he's right. You know, amazing depth that, that, that the Indians have got, as we've said. West Country phrase for, for quite good is, is lush. He's lush, he is. Uh, well, that sort of means different. That means different things in different parts of the country, I think. Um, but anyway, yeah, he's lush. He's, he means he's very good. Um, it was great to have Rob with us, actually. And, and one really, one thing that I really picked up on, and we're going to hear him say it now as well, is about, about his own career and how he thought. I mean, I've never heard a, a professional cricketer say this before. How he thought that playing for England, no trouble at all. I was 22, I think, when I got picked for Australia. And that was that great side when Shane Warne and all that lot. And they were just too good for us. It was, I mean, we were playing a game from 10, 15 years earlier and they'd moved into, you know, the 2000s almost. You know, with Warne and people like that. They, we, did, we couldn't match them. And that was tough because that, the, the standard was so much better than us. Yeah, and we, we would bat. And I remember facing Glenn McGrath. And I'd never faced him before. I'd played against Warren, but Glenn McGrath, I remember his first ball, Think he bowled me. I thought, here we go, this is going to be on. And I promise you, it was like 80 mile an hour, which isn't that quick. And I saw it all the way. It wasn't, <clears throat> it wasn't really taking the stumps on, and I just left it. And I thought, of course, all the big fuss about here. And then the next one, and I did the same thing, and I left it. And I sort of thought, why is everyone going on about Glenn McGrath? He's not that quick you can see him quite easy and then I did that for an over and then I played Warren and it was like I knew knew I knew him a little bit so that wasn't too bad and then I have another over of Glenn McGrath and I thought right okay let's get some runs now and then I thought oh there we go that's why he's a good bowler this bloke because I've got absolutely no idea how I'm going to score a run against him I mean I think I could block him forever but couldn't even do that in the end but when all of a sudden when you thought this bloke does not bowl a bad ball. And then the whole slip cordon was, was like behind you in this wall. And Steve Waugh, who, who played at Kent, he'd sort of look at you as if, he's a good bloke, Steve Waugh, but he had a way of looking at you like you just, you know, like Fleur does when I've come in late and I haven't told her. Just like you're absolutely nothing. And then all of them in a sled, and a short leg, just, they didn't really sledge you. They sort of look at you as if like, who on earth are you? 
and then you just eventually you go schnick and you're out after three overs of blocking the life out of it and you think oh that's test cricket then that's pretty tough <laughs> that's mental disintegration isn't it that's you don't need to say anything it's just <laughs> Warren and McGrath and a few stares well I was really honest from Rob there how he thought you know playing for England it wasn't going to be a problem for him because he did play for England he did score a double hundred against the West Indies at Lords but he perhaps didn't quite make the most of his talent if he played I don't know in the 90s perhaps he'd have had more opportunity there were one or two good players or just ahead he'd of him he'd have been dropped a few more times if he played in the 90s wouldn't he <laughs> well well yeah but he'd have been reselected a few more times as well wouldn't he? he'd have been in out in out in out you know that was the way of it in the in the 1990s but anyway he's very honest uh, to say that and of course he's developing his career as a, as a commentator for, for Sky at the moment yeah and I, I like listening to him I, I think he is he's honest as a commentator and he's got a good sense of humor and there's there's some good interaction between him and, and Mike Atherton and uh, NASA Hussain as well they they liked uh, we we did a quiz didn't we with Rob and one of the questions was what do you do on the tee to annoy your opponents and he admitted he was he sniffs deliberately sniffs every time the the players and opponent player is on his backswing to try and put them off uh, he, he's just a, a great character so you know well done to Sky for for hiring him and uh, I, I think he's he's got really good insight, as he showed there. So, Yoz, the, the tour comes to an end, um, but the cricket rolls on, doesn't it? I mean, for, for many of these players, it is not a break now. It's it's pretty much straight into the IPL. Was it start on the, the 9th of April and, and runs through until right to the end of May? 30th of May is the, the IPL final. Lots of England players involved, all the Indian players players as well of course even I see even Pajara has got an IPL contract mm. uh, this time around sort of bemoaning the fact that you know he doesn't play uh, you know he plays a few months of the year but he, he's got his IPL contract I think as that's well. first year first time for seven years I think yeah so, uh, exciting for him yeah and you know he can fill his um, fill his well presumably he'll get a game I don't know <laughs> it must be quite daunting for him in a way looking at all these power hitters and he there's him nurdling it for for two through the leg side whether he perhaps he's been at home doing some weights and getting on the steroids and, and Chris Wokes of course has, has got an IPL contract so he, he is out preparing for it. it does seem a bit odd that he's not played in the in the white ball for England and India but now he's it's going mad out to, isn't it really? going, get, well he, I mean he's a you know he's a a shoe in, isn't he? In the in the one day side, in, in the fifty over side, because he's he didn't play in that in that series, but he is going to play in the IPL. At least he's available to play in the IPL. Of course, every franchise has eight overseas players, and you can only play four of them. Anyway, it, it, so we'll get a chance to talk to him on on Thursday in the the virtual cricket club, which starts at five thirty. I was trying to work out what time it would be in India. It's four and a half hours ten. now, isn't it? So, ten. Yeah, ten o'clock. Ten so, o'clock. Yeah, so make make sure you don't keep him up too late, Yours. Well, you know, it's really good, actually, because I, I invited him to come, and I said, can you make it uh, It's 7pm uh, PM start? And he wrote a really kind text back saying, uh, look, if, if you, I'd love to do it. Of course, I'd love to do it. Could you possibly find a slightly earlier time? Because it's 12.30 in the morning in India. Um, I said, look, of course, I've forgotten you're going to be in India. Uh, we'll make the, the time earlier. But actually, you've got your sums wrong. The clocks have gone forwards. So it's only a four and a half hour difference. So it actually mm. would have been 11.30 p.m. rather than midnight, after midnight. But anyway, he's joining us from 10 o'clock India time. And uh, he, I mean, he's such a lovely guy, isn't he? And so um, we're, we're assured a, a, a very rose-tinted evening about the world game of cricket, talking to Chris Wokes. And you can join us 
as I said before, by going to worldsbestcricketclub.com. We're really keen to get as many of you involved in this. You can ask him direct questions. There'll be memorabilia to win. There's a special quiz that we do with each player as well. And uh, actually, that just to give you a little kind of insight, there is going to be some Lord's tickets to win as well for the test matches coming up. So it is worth joining the club for lots of reasons. Yeah, looking forward to Thursday. So it's all over for England in India. They won four of their 12 international matches, three white ball victories out of eight games. They won an incredible 10 out of 12 tosses. I mean, that was, I think that's the one thing I felt actually about the white ball cricket. It was a bit samey, wasn't it? It would have been nice to see England bat first a, a few more times and just to see slightly different uh, games of cricket. And you know, the test matches sort of followed a very familiar pattern as well. I don't think there's any doubt, not in my mind anyway, that India are going to provide a big challenge for England in England uh, this summer. It all gets underway in uh, August, but as we say, plenty of cricket to come uh, before then. The IPL, the start of the Championship, the, the New Zealand series and white ball cricket, the World Test Championship final between India and New Zealand at the Aegeus Bowl. It just keeps on rolling, which is great, actually, isn't it? Because this time last year, we were thinking, when on earth is more cricket going to be played? And of course, we had that huge hiatus when the weather was fantastic outside and everyone was just sitting in their homes. I mean, I'm really hoping that in the next few months that spectators will be able to come back into the grounds uh, in England and we can sort of gradually, you know, get the game going again, you know, and get, I suppose, money coming into the sport as well. It's absolutely vital. Absolutely true. And uh, to get a good guide to the season, you can subscribe to the Cricketer magazine. I told you before about the podcast celebrating the 100th anniversary issue. That is out now and it's full not only of a recap of the 100 years that the cricketers covered the game, but also a preview of the county season, two pages per county. And of course, our famous multicoloured wall chart, giving you complete guide to the whole county and international season and actually just for good measure we've added the 1921 county schedule on the back of the wall chart just so you can compare and contrast as well so you can subscribe to the cricketer by going to www.thecricketer.com slash centenary and there is a special offer at the moment 19 pounds 21 for six months of subscription including this centenary issue so well worth it www.thecricketer.com slash centenary for that special issue and we'll be uh, with Chris Wokes on Thursday night and then with you subsequently looking ahead to the county season and of course the IPL as well so we'll join you then thanks for listening thanks very much for listening goodbye for now Podcast Network.